Can you imagine it mental that we live in a world now where a bloke literally flying around the world from yeah. one end of the world to the other end of the world can actually comment on a podcast that a fat fuck and a weird yank are doing in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon on a Tuesday? How about that, huh? It is I'm a just, weird world, just- isn't it? What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by by you, our people at Patreon. Thank you guys for helping to support the show. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, we're also brought to you by True Nutrition, truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings, supplementsource.ca for those of you in Canada. And if you're in the UK, you can get your lab work done by Dave. Dave, I actually made a commercial. I told you last week I made a commercial. It wasn't I had to put some bells and whistles on it, but it's all set now. So we actually have a solid eval commercial. Okay. Right. Do I get to see this commercial or not? Do you do you want to see it? Here we go. Well, I think if it's if it's advertising my company, I should at least have a look at it, shouldn't I? I don't really want to, no. But. Tell me what you think about this. Pick out your favorite labs. Call Dave. Free pizza with every order. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com. Yeah. What are you doing? Your pizza's ready, sir. Evalbloodanalysis.com. Yeah. You like it? That is beyond terrible. <laughs> I knew you would love it. I'm going to take that as a positive. As a as a positive. That, no, that that you know when when some things are that bad they become good. <laughs> yeah. That that's beyond that. So that's that bad. It surpasses being good and gets worse. It was good. It was good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't in the slightest. It was. You terrible. were part of that too, uh, and I think it's a real solid representation of your company. I was thinking I'd put that on Facebook and even you know use the Patreon money to promote that post so that people can view it. You know, a lot of people you mean, will see you're it. Gonna put, you're going to put a whole five dollars behind it. Is that yeah? What you're well, like seven fifty actually <laughs> after after taxes Oof. and everything. You, you know. You big, you big spender. Hey, I spend what I got. It's a hundred percent of my earnings from from Patreon. No, seriously, I, like I said before, I appreciate everybody from Patreon. Uh, I had some fun with that, and you didn't even know you were going to be a part of that commercial, did you? You were in the commercial, Dave. <laughs> I would rather have not been. <laughs> What's going on, man? I know. Uh, so, guys, we're going to do uh, your listener questions as always. We've got a ton of them. A uh, bunch of gear talk as usual. Um, but before we did, I wanted to ask you, Dave, you're moving next week. You've got a slew of <laughs> shit. <laughs> we hope. We hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dave's got a lot going on. He's kind of under a lot. He's under the gun right now. A lot of stress. Uh, so he's he's having a rough, rough go at it, as the people in England would say. We don't he's, say that at all. You don't say, like, have a go? Uh, a go at it? No? We, we, we say have a, We don't say having a rough go. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it sounded British to me. Oh, oh God, I'm too tired for this shit. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, you, want, you want to just jump straight into strength. our questions today? 
like can you, you said, just sort of jump off a cliff or something? I think Dave's a little hungover. Oh, uh, by the way, too, I wanted to give a shout out to your client, Walter, uh, that you helped. He what, what did he compete at? Was it USA's here? I think so, yeah. I, I uh, Look, leave me alone. I've had two hours sleep. <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. Dave, I'm I don't trying even to... Know, I don't even know what fucking day it is. I'm trying to do something nice for you and, like, plug you because you do coaching and stuff. Come on, go with it, man. Do, do, Just... I, do, I, do, I, do, do I do coaching? Are you sure? So anyway, yeah, Walter. Uh, yeah. Well, Walter did well. Uh, a fourth and a fifth. Um, Yellow trunks in the middle 35. there. Yeah, over 35s and over 40s. Um, big class as well. I think it was over 40s was 24. Yeah. So fifth in a class of 24 is a decent showing. Uh, I mean, we've got work to do. It's not, it's not you know. But uh, no big improvement on his last outing. Um, really easy guy to coach, actually. Yeah. Um, that's that's yeah, always helpful, just, right? Just do this, Walter, and he does it. And there's no... You know, or this is hard, or I can't cope, or I just get on with it. It just really just just does just get on with it. So, yeah, he won he won a show three weeks ago, I think it was, but okay. it wasn't a big show. Um, and this was always the main target, anyway. <laughs> and we we tightened him up a bit more for this because he was a little bit soft in the last one. Um, well, I remember, I, I, I remember what he was showing. Like. I remember what yeah. he looked like before you guys started working together and not take away from all the hard work he had put in up until that point, but I can see a definite transformation. <coughs> 20 pound up on stage weight, I believe. Nice. Nice. Which is, which is solid in a year. Um, yeah, no, he's done well. He's done very well. Um, that's uh, really pleased. Uh, and like I said, just a pleasure to coach. Just, uh, you know, it's like you, you get clients that need a lot. You get clients that don't need much at all. And he's definitely one of those clients that doesn't need much at all. So that's cool. It, it does make my job, does make my job easier when you can say, do this and they do it. And they're not lying to you or half doing it or quarter doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always a good thing. All right, man, let's jump into the questions. Uh, we'll, we'll rip through these. And, uh, you know, by the way, guys, we might not be able to do a show next week because, like I said, Dave is moving. Uh, so let's enjoy the moment. Let's do that. We'll enjoy the moment. And uh, Dave I, and I will be back. I do apologize for the yawning. I have quite literally been up all night. And my arthritis is particularly painful at the moment. So I've not slept. I managed to get two hours before the podcast, which I think has probably made me feel worse than better. Yeah. Um so I do apologize. I can't walk or stand at the moment, so I'm crawling around on my hands and knees. Oof. Can we get a video of that? You can fuck off. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right? You can just... There, there is one. There, there is one. That I remember when I was doing UC and my back went... Oh, I remember uh, that. I remember that. Yeah, cro crawling up the steps. This is my sympathetic wife who was more interested in getting a video of me in agony crawling up the steps than she was. <laughs> By the way, I want to say shout out to your wife. Uh, I, I didn't mention that before, but Mrs. Crossland, I want to tell her the audience too. Mrs. Crossland is one of the sweetest human beings that I have literally ever met. And I hadn't spoken to her a ton until I came out to visit. <coughs> but let's put it this way. Everything that Dave is... Imagine the opposite of that, and that's what that's what his wife is. She's a, she's a really nice lady, and it was a, definitely a pleasure to meet her. 
Oh, she has a side. She's an angry oh, little bastard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to cross her. There's no question about that. I would not want to cross her. There's no way. All right. I'll jump into him, though. Um, how this, oh, this is just a comment. How this podcast keeps growing with Dave's shitty camera slash internet just goes to show it is about the information that matters, which is a good point, right, man. Lucas. This this is deliberate, okay. I don't actually have shit internet. This is this is a filtration system that's deliberately put on to save you from having to look at my hideous form in high definition. <laughs> if you saw me in real life, the the grotesqueness would be so extreme the chances are your brain couldn't cope with it and it would probably have a meltdown. So actually this I have is actually control a protection system. I have control over the screen. We could like make it like this and dim it down a little bit, you know, and just kind of like, well, there we go. Oh, that, oh yeah. I see. Let's, we, it's all black and white. We just do it like that real dark. No. Um, all right. Let me see um, what else we have. Real questions hey, here. Yeah. It's not actually bad today. No, it's well, don't jinx us. Don't jinx us. Um, um, this, this traitorous little shit. He's back. Him here. He is back, but he is in so much fucking trouble. All right. Well, if we have time, we can talk about that. No, we're not. We're not talking about his crop problem at all. <laughs> John says, um, great show as usual, fellas. Question could be for the next show. Um, is there a minimal effective dose of NPP? I ran 300 milligrams uh, test with 300 NPP last blast and had nice results, but noticed I had broken out more than I'd like to. I run TRT, 125 milligrams a week, uh, pinning every day. Currently, I get bloods done in September, and if all is well, I would like to run another 14 to 16 week mass cycle, but using lower test NPP, and using food more as a catalyst for growth. Good man. Food is the key no matter what you do. Uh, I was considering running 200 and 200, uh, but I have heard, read on several forums that 200, 200 is too low and not worth it. I'm curious as your thoughts on running these doses and trying to add size. Thanks, gents. So the concern is acne from the 300, 300. Uh, did he run any estrogen control on that previous cycle? Because that would still be fairly estrogenic at 300 tests and 300 MPP. Sure. Um, 200, 200. You, you are getting to the point where you've got to seriously start thinking, is this worth the shutdown for what I'm going to get out of it? A lot of that would depend on how intense you are with your training, how effective you are with your training, how good you are with your food. I mean, they do all play very pivotal roles in the element of growth. Is it going to have an effect? Yes. How significant will the effect be? Is down to the other two factors, really. Um, training and diet. Oh, genetics yeah. as well, but <laughs> I'd say that as a buy with this. Um, so there, there is some fidelity in people saying it's too low a dose because for a lot of people... A lot of people, not consciously, but subconsciously compensate with dosing uh, for not being the most effective in their training or not being the most consistent with their diet. Um, so there is there is a possibility, you know, that it, it may be a little bit on the low side for you. But I would more be interested as to, instead of just going, right, MPP caused me acne, 
um, find out really what did go on in the last cycle because that's that's valuable information moving forward for every cycle. And if your acne was estrogen related, then it's got fuck all to do with MPP in its own, and it's just a cycle in totality. Agreed. I think there is going to be a minimal effective dose for all steroids. You know, we and we've talked before <coughs> about how in the past. Uh, everybody was exploring high-end dosing and, you know, and, and really in my mind, looking back at it, 15 years of bodybuilding and listening to podcasts and watching media, I, I call it like Boston Lloyd came on the scene and, and a lot of people started pushing gear. You know, one person says like, Hey, I run three CCs a day. It's totally fine. And a lot of other people followed that. And I think <laughs> that uh, in the process, we've seen a lot of people get hurt and things have gone the other direction. So what's the minimal effective dose? I think that's a really good question to be asking versus what's the maximum I can take, right? Uh, but we do have to remember though that like, like you know, is five milligrams of D-ball a day gonna actually help you? You might feel it in the gym, well, but you know, is that going to um, equate to n like new muscle growth to make it worth having gone through all the effort to take the D-ball? You might want to do a little bit more than that. And, you know, my, that's my thought is minimal effective doses. What can you handle without dealing with, with you know, sides and, and, and be reasonable? I don't know. I, I just I do think that I'm with you. I think in this case, looking at the uh, looking at getting rid of the acne would be the number one thing. But, you know, number two is, you know, we do have to be reasonable. We are trying to grow as much muscle as possible. And I don't know. 200 seems low to me. Yeah, but he said that. Oh, fucking hell. I will refer to our East German colleagues of the 15 years of doping done by East Germany. They were seeing impressive results in world-class athletes on, on 10 milligrams of T-ball. Agreed. And, and I've used as little as like 5, 10 milligrams of Anivar and seen good results for athletic performance. So, but athletic yeah, performance so it, is different than trying to grow massive amounts of muscle. I get that, I do, but I also think it points out the, the fact that someone who is extremely efficient with their exercise and nutritional programs will benefit from what most people regard as low and inconsequential dosing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to do something. I guess the question is, is what's that minimal amount? I think that's a, you know, I think that's a better thing to be exploring than what's the maximum amount. What's your shirt say, by the way, Dave? What a difference a Dave makes. Did your wife get you that? Yeah. Dave's having a rough day, guys. I'm going to put this comment up because this will make him feel better. This is from OG Lanza. and says, uh, Dave is a great coach, and his protocols slash analysis have been life-changing for me. Very grateful. Thank you, OJ. He's he's a good lad, actually. Yeah, um, he's another one that's an easy coach. Yeah, I've got, I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I've got a couple that make me want to pull my hair out. But uh, uh, you know, it swings and roundabouts in it. You know, some people need more, other people need less. So the fact that some people need less allows you to put more time to those that need more. Um, so it's like with anything, it's a yin and yang thing. But uh, on that note. We'll go to this one. Hey, guys, question for the next podcast. Uh, best way to avoid hair loss on cycle. Uh, any compounds to avoid? Keep up the good work. 
Um, we've talked about my hair loss protocol before, I think. And there's an anti-androgen called RU58841. It's a topical Are you anti- <laughs> Is that what it's called? Are you bold yet? Yeah, so this stuff is an anti-androgen. And people are seeing good results. I have a client that's using it right now. I haven't used isn't, it. Isn't isn't that a bit like driving with the e-brake on? It's topical. For American people. It's topical, uh, and it it doesn't go systemic. It is literally working sure? locally at the site. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I get it. I understand. People are conscious about the way they look. They're conscious about their appearance. Hence, why they're doing the gear in the first place. Sure. The thing is with MPP, if you're prone to it, you're prone to it. Um, And I often wonder, you know, is it really worth sticking all these extra – because some people go to extremes with it as well, and it's like, is it really worth all this? Don't you just shave it and get on with it? Uh, It's it's a personal thing, you know? Like It it is a personal thing. I just – yeah, I'm – I I just – the thing is with male pattern boldness, if you're prone to male pattern boldness, then you're prone to male pattern boldness. And, and to an extent, it's going to happen very much irrespective of what you do when it comes to anabolics. Um, your biggest culprit is test because of its conversion to DHT, to pure DHT. Your DHTs aren't impacting because of how they're developed. And the later development ones like Primo are, are particularly good at avoiding hair loss. You know, I hadn't mentioned this, but Primo makes me shed like crazy. Believe it or not. All right. Okay. Every That's time I've that. used it, and and because you've mentioned this a few times on the show recently, and I've yeah. had a couple of people that were like, "Oh man, Dave was saying that again about DHTs, and I can't use them. My hair." So I think it's dependent, you no. know. Uh, that, yeah. That, okay. So the the science behind DHTs is that yeah, they have the element removed that cause secondary impact of DHT, so hair loss, prostate growth, those sort of things. Yeah. So the, the DHT drugs are supposed to have that negative element of DHT use removed. That's that's how they're supposed to work. Um, obviously, very very apparent. It doesn't work on certain people. I'd I'd, I'd love to know the mechanisms behind that. Um, but that's always been my understanding of DHTs. Um. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if it's infecting people, then it's affecting people. There's, 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 I mean, there's lots of things supposed to happen that people have anomalies about as well. But uh, So I'm curious, if you have problems with Primo, which is supposedly the most sophisticated steroid ever produced yeah, and the most technically sensitive steroid you've ever produced, what are you like with Anavar for hair loss? Anavar is fine. Like, like, I haven't noticed it. You know, I, I'm, I take that back. Super draw was kind of nasty too, but I literally with like, I could tell that my hair was falling out faster. Like I'd wash my hair and my hands would have be like covered in hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's fairly dramatic. Is that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like just all those pieces, you know, and it's like, and, 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 and I, it's interesting. I, I, I won't go down that road, but, uh, but yeah, so, so super, super draw and, uh, Primo both, but like Masteron, I can run that all, all day long. Not an issue. I think you make a really good point about like, where do you draw the line? You know, 
where do you just accept and deal and, you know, be a bald guy. And I think for me, like I, I, I thought like I was never going to use finasteride orally because I didn't want it. Like to me, it wouldn't be worth the side the potential side effects of blocking DHT conversion systemically. But then when I learned that you could do it topical and it wouldn't affect everything systemically, then I was like, Hey, you know what? Okay. I'll get on that. And I buy a prescription of five milligram tablets. I get 30 of them. So that becomes a five month supply because I use one milligram a day. My prescription's like $20. I drop those in minoxidil, which is like another $20 for five month supply. So my, my cost is very low. It's a, it's something you have to do every morning, every night, but <coughs> to me, that's worth it. Would I go to like hair, hair, you know, transplants? No, nah, at that point, man, I, I'm going to take that $10,000 or whatever it costs. I'm going to buy something else nice that I enjoy. Take my wife on a trip. You know what I mean? To me, that's where I draw the line. Uh, but for, for the cost, man, I'm good with, with this combo. I, in fact, I drew the line recently with that RU stuff because it was going to cost like, I think between 30 to $60 a month. And I was like, nah, I just, you know, at that point, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've less objection with topicals. Definitely. I, I have, I struggle with systematic wide DHT suppressants like Finistride. I, I just, I'm, I'm a bit like, really, yeah. you know? Particularly, particularly with the mounting evidence of the impacts of long-term use of that now, and the yeah. fact that 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 permanent reduction of five AR appears to be permanent, permanent. You know, mm. it's not a temporary thing that recovers post-use. It, it's something that becomes a long-term thing. Yeah, and that's that's quite a that's quite a severe side effect um, for the sake of trying to save your head. But topicals, yes, I don't have such an issue with topicals at all. Um, I would love to know how many people struggle with DHTs to see if it's such a problem. Um, I'd really be interested in that because, like I say, you you look at the research and the studies of how this shit's supposed to work, and then someone comes along and says, well, actually, for me, it did this. Uh, you know, comment like, below, guys. I mean, that'd be a place yeah. to start. We'll run a scientific study on YouTube. Comment below <laughs> well, no, DHTs just... have made your hair fall out. For well, I'd be curious. It, it's a... Here's a prime example. So last week I suggested that somebody named JP was talking up his ass when it came to EQB. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I I have seen no evidence of this anywhere. Yeah. I've seen I've seen the studies all talked about by various people, but I've never actually seen any real-world impact. And then, surprise, <laughs> perfect timing. Last week I got a set of bullets from somebody who was on test in EQ. Okay. Uh, and the the, the estrogen was low, and they weren't taking anti estrogen. Okay, yeah. Now we're we're running e, e, obviously we are running UGLs. Um, I don't know if his EQ is EQ. I've you know, heard I that before though. Talking. I've heard that yeah, before. I don't. Low estrogen so, on EQ. So it's the first time I've actually seen any real world evidence that could potentially support an anti estrogenic effect from EQ. Yeah. Um, the the metabolite argument is definitely bollocks. That isn't working. But the E1 conversion. So the other argument around EQ uh, being anti estrogenic is that EQ heavily converts to E1. E1's very very weak. You know, bring your bring your mic over a little bit. It's fucking right in front. Of, oh, you can fuck off, you traitorous bastard. Anyway, there you go. Um, it's me, me Wibbly's wobbly. Oh, we lost you. No, I don't hear you at all. So, yeah, you know, the, the metabolite issue, I just, I, sorry, I, I cannot see anything stuck in that hole. But the argument that EQ converts to E1, and as a result, because that conversion is quite high, 
it actually acts almost as a um, um, a blocker for aromatase because the sorry for aromatase because the aromatase is so busy converting E two E one it can't convert test to E two because there's just not enough left of it to go around. Huh. Uh, I, I can I can see that potential argument, but I say I've never seen blood work to back it up. This is the first time I've seen anything that would potentially suggest it. So I withdraw my earlier statement on grounds <laughs> of further investigation required. <laughs> All right. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, Jay says, um, hi, I like your show a lot. My favorite. Thanks for sharing your experience and knowledge and sharing good stuff and how to be on the safe side with it. I'm 52 and on TRT and I am on high end of my hematocrit and I do not want to go lower or God forbid, have to stop prescribed TRT. I'm on 150 milligrams a week. My doctor usually does a phlebotomy every six months or a year. Um, started IP6, uh, and I'm taking just under one gram IP6 daily, fasted in the morning. Is this something I can take long, uh, can take ongoing, or should it be cycled? And should I take more of it on cycle? I take one gram or less <clears throat> to, uh, total now, uh, three months on, three months off TRT. Uh, I know Dave said that it can lower iron too much. So it's not the IP6, right? The problem with IP6 is not that it doesn't do its job because it does do its job. That's where the problem is. It, it's difficult to get the dosing right. Um, and so you'll take a dose high enough to lower levels. And then the next thing you know, you reach a break point and all of a sudden it's starting to send you bloody anemic. So it, it's just dose management. That's the awkward bit with IP6 because you quite literally have to trial it. You, you start a dose, run it. If it brings your levels down, great. If it doesn't, you increase the dose, but then you've got to keep monitoring and, and titating that dose. till you get to that management area that you need for you. And obviously, every time you change your cycle doses, your requirement for IP6 will change. Yeah. So it, it's effective. It works. There's, there's no issue around that. The problem is predicting its effect is the difficult bit. So, like, you go do a bloodlet, and pretty much standard, you're going to lose somewhere around six to eight points on your hemoglobin. Um, that will pretty much happen with everybody that does a bloodlet. There is a rebound close bloodlet, so if somebody doesn't hydrate hard enough, then they can bounce back up by two, three points. Um, the problem with IP6 is there isn't a one gram does this, two grams does this. There's there's none of that. There's no scale of effectiveness. So you, you just have to do a lot of trial and error. Once you've fixed your dosings for you, and particularly if he's very sort of religious in his three-month TRT, three-month cycle, then he sh if he's got consistency in his drug use, then over time he should be able to work out his IP6 doses that work for him. The TRT shouldn't be too difficult to sort. It's the cycles that are going to be the difficult one because everything's going to change when he goes on cycle. Sure. But if one gram is effective for his TRT, one gram is still going to have some benefit while on cycle, even though it's probably not going to be strong enough. Yeah. Um, you, you, you would, on the face of it, need to up your dose on cycle. Um Normally for cyclitic doses, I would start people at two gram and see where we go from there. Uh, but again, it does depend on the drugs you're running uh, and, and, you know, your, your predisposition to having thick blood. 
Uh, and one of the things that's very influential in, in how quickly your thick blood rises is how often you've had it before. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, it does seem to be one of these things that once you've been there for a while, your body will keep trying to get back there. And it does take quite a bit of sustained suppression to get it to start to accept that actually it should run quite a bit lower. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> um, I'll add a couple things to it. Number one being, uh, you know, it, I, and I, I sense his fear and I can relate to it. He said, you know, God forbid I have to reduce the dose of my TRT or come off. Uh, I, I think that we have a fear and, and I'm going to speak from personal experience, my own fear of bringing that dose down and feeling like things are going to change and that I'm not going to not feel good. And I had gone from running 300 milligrams per week and calling that my TRT, calling that my cruise basically, and, and suffering with high hematocrit to, um, you know, I got sick 18 months ago and I had to like, you know, basically make sure I was keeping everything real low. I found that like a hundred milligrams per week is plenty for me to feel good. And I, and, and I didn't, I don't necessarily need more. If he were to take less, he would have lower hematocrit and, and that you wouldn't need to worry about it. Your hematocrit will lower down. My thought would be come off your cycle, give yourself time for that testosterone to clear, you know, your gear to clear, then start your TRT, but start your TRT up lighter, you know, with the plans of it's only going to be for a few months. Uh, and, and I guarantee you, man, that you're going to be able to alleviate a lot of these problems. So that's my one thought. It would be almost a challenge. Try less test in your cruise cycle, your cruise segment. And then when you go back to cycle, do what you're going to do. Uh, so that'd be one thought. And then my other thought is that he said he'll, he does a blood donation between every six months to a year. It wasn't until I started doing regular therapeutic phlebotomy that I realized how little of a difference it really makes. When my hematocrit was like 57, it, you know, it drops at like two points, maybe three points. So in, in, in order to really get, if your blood level's thick, and this is, I guess, info for everyone, in order to get that back down to normal, you're going to have to go every week to do that blood donation for, for the I next six that's weeks. Where people yeah, that's where people go wrong. They don't realize that it's not a case of having a bloodlet then three months later having another because that will virtually have no impact whatsoever. Yeah. They've got to be, they've got to be sequenced one after another, a week apart for several weeks to bring it down. And that's, I think, where people forget or go wrong with bloodletting. It has to be a block of lets to get it back down into the range you want it to be. Yeah. The other thing he could potentially try is splitting his dose up. Mm, so okay. if he's doing a single shot a week, single peak is going to push him him out a crit higher than um, a double peak. Good point. Level. Good point. So, so there's that uh, that element as well to it. Uh, I suspect that it's possibly his TRT is not so much the issue, and it's actually cycles that the issue. But the TRT is not allowing levels to return down. Absolutely. In his time on cycle, so he's going up on cycle, maintaining, going up, maintaining, going up maintaining rather than going up and then dropping back down as you would do if you actually came off. Absolutely. Um, I've seen it one myself. Of the factors, one of the factors that play into these elevated levels when on TRT, it's a balance between not having a single peak dose that pushes you too high that you start to trigger all these extra value increases like estrogen and lowering HDL and thickening the blood. But at the same time, having enough fluctuation in your levels, because if you maintain a constant as well, that will start to increase in things of that nature as well, because our bodies aren't naturally constant. Our, our test varies quite a lot on a daily basis. 
Um, so it, it's trying to get that balance between a couple of peaks a week, but not one big single peak, but not some little tiny peaks so that you're almost flatlining. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Da, da, da. Oh, we got a message from Pussy Slayer, our favorite guy. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> listening to this on my flight from Australia to Germany. So awesome. Thanks, guys. Pussy Slayer 2000 out. I just wanted to share that because I... Fucking- his name. That's a long flight. Isn't it mental that we live in a world now where a bloke literally flying around the world from yeah. one end of the world to the other end of the world can actually comment on a podcast that a fat fuck and a weird yank are doing in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon on a Tuesday. How about that, huh? It is and a weird just, world, just, isn't it? That just blows my fucking mind. Does that? that is mad. Have you ever been to Australia? No, I Me would either. love to go. Me too. My wife is terrified because she hates spiders. Oh, and they have like everything that could possibly kill you lives in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like eight out of the top 10 most poisonous creatures live in Australia. <laughs> Same with the ocean. The Great Barrier Reef has like every single thing that will kill you in the ocean. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. All right. Yeah, so, uh, Lake Fork Giants. Question for the next show. Scott, you've mentioned a high dose EQ. How high? Um, I'm looking at this as a bulking cycle, 250 test, 750 EQ, and 250 trend. Just looking <coughs> to try something different this time. I uh, have a lot of experience with Nandrolone, so I'm going to leave it out and have only used trend on cuts in the past. I'm very estrogen sensitive, so keeping the test low this time. Still have to use 1.5 milligrams of Rimidex on uh, a week on 250 tests. That's a lot of uh, a Rimidex for 250 test, isn't it, Dave? It is, yeah. Hell of a lot. Yeah. A Rimidex is a powerful drug. Yeah, for 250 test. I wonder how his clearance is. Like, I wonder about his liver. The other thing is, just remember, Tren, as as a compound, will do two things. It will increase estrogen receptor sensitivity, and it will increase prolactin, which will increase the number of estrogen receptors at the breast. So you've got two background mechanisms there that are running to increase your sensitivity to estrogen. I uh, I ran uh, EQ at 400 milligrams, and that was after having run <clears throat> a number of cycles, including a couple DECA cycles. And uh, I thought that it was uh, terrible. Like I was like, this is the worst cycle ever. 
and I, I threw it out, you know, I didn't actually throw it out. Of course, I still took the EQ, but I, I, I threw the idea out for quite a while. And then a few years later, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give EQ a try again, but this time I'm going to take a lot of it. And I'm not going to say that I would suggest running EQ like this, but I uh, front loaded it. This was when I, when I did my front loading experiment, Dave, and I took 1600 milligrams of EQ in the first week. And then I backed that down to 800 milligrams uh, each week from there. I, I, I do remember that pretty much eight six to 800 was the standard dosing for EQ for a lot of people. It was very much the attitude of if you were going to run it, if you run it any less, don't bother. Um, those attitudes seem to have changed very yeah. much over recent years. Uh, it really there's has. definitely a move. Yeah, there's definitely a move towards lower doses, or at least publicly anyway, whether yeah. that's reality in <laughs> private rooms or not, is a different, different fucking conversation. But uh, but there also seems to be uh, a move towards much more complex cycles. Yeah. Um, it's getting pretty much every day now where the TRTs, I see people running their old test and mass or test and prima. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and the, the thing is, the impacts of mast and primo aren't going to show on blood work. It's not going to mm. show up as testosterone. It's not going to show up because you're not testing DHCs and it's not the same anyway. Um, uh, but what you will see is problems with HDL. Yeah, it's um, cholesterol. Uh, and that's where DHTs are particularly savage. And a lot of people go, oh, well, anti-estrogens are bad. They do this, that, and the other. You, you you know, you, you'd be much better structuring your cycle with DHT so you don't need anti-estrogen. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Fucking DHTs are just as bad, if not worse, on fucking cholesterol. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is going to result in this this big trend towards what people call sports TRT. Blame Roderick for that one. Um, I don't know if this is going to come into any sort of long-term effects health-wise. I mean, we're going to be a few years down the line before we'd see anything if it was, but uh, I am seeing more and more shitty HDL levels. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's the thing for sure with DHTs. Um, the other I, thing is, yeah. why? And this is the bit that confuses me. Why? Because people have been doing cruises and TRTs for decades. Mm -hmm. And and there's a large number of bodybuilders that ran TRT doses and didn't have any issues. I don't understand why we suddenly need to have Primo and Mast in there. Here's the thing is that, that it, it's the backlash toward, in my opinion, it's the backlash toward the overuse of AIs in the past. And now it's swung so far in the other direction that we have people running a grammar test and they're like, Oh, what can I do to not run an AI with a grammar test? And it's like, well, you're going to have to run some AI if you get estrogen issues on a grammar test. It's just how it is. We do seem to be prone to extreme swings. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the other thing is there's been a backlash against high TRT. So, you know, R two fifty is too high, 300 is too high, which technically is correct. It is. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm only running one fifty. But I'm running another 150 of Primo. <laughs> right, right. But because, because Primo doesn't show in bloods, as in a level, you don't see high estrogen, you don't see high tests, you don't see any of that nature in bloods. Yeah. That means, look, my bloods are fine. Mm -hmm. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Don't, don't quite work like that. You know, bloods that's are only part point. of the puzzle. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Right. So I do think a lot of it's just an excuse for people to run more drugs. Oh, good. Internet's back to its normal great standard. <laughs> All right. What have we got here? This is from uh, Davis. He says, um, love the show. Question for a future show. Could you touch on strongman cycles as we are living in a very different world than what it was a few years ago? Uh, the way the strength boundaries have been pushed makes me wonder what the fuck they are doing. Um, I remember Mendelssohn used to pop 500 milligrams of Anadrol on meat day, and that was considered nuts. What has changed? That is fucking nuts. That's still crazy. I, I don't... Rumor has it that Eddie was an extremely high user. I have no evidence to back that up. Um... I don't know anything about Eddie's cycles. I, I've not even had a, a conversation with Eddie. This has just come second-hand information. And how true it is, I don't know. <clears throat> but there's no doubt that Eddie had the mental capacity to do whatever it took to get where he wanted to get. Um, I don't think... I think in the past, strong men have been a little bit numb with cycles. I don't think they've been particularly adventurous, and I think they've pretty much stuck to a staid set of drugs. Um, I think, if anything, strongmen are slowly getting more educated about cycles. Agreed. Uh, there's some way behind some way behind bodybuilders, but I do think the strongman community is getting much more educated about cycles, much more health conscious. Uh, and though obviously we still see ill health in, in strongman, we we tend not to see the super fatties anymore, hmm. and we tend we tend to see a breed of strongman now that is actually genuinely quite athletic. Um, and I think that helps with the health impacts on drugs massively. But uh, the, there is nothing particularly special regards to a strongman cycle as there is to, to a bodybuilding cycle or to a powerlifting cycle. The only difference is really is you're going to lean on androgens coming into a comp much more than a bodybuilder potentially would do. Yeah. Um, you're not going to have, in general, the same concerns about estrogens, so you're not going to be running you know, low test, mass and primo going into a show, you can stay on Decker, you can stay on test, you can throw oxys in there and everything else that goes with it. Um, but I don't think there's, you know, the basic principles are pretty much the same. You know, the health risks are the same. Um, trends, obviously, are very popular drug for strongman, but I would apply the same rules that I apply in bodybuilding. Key, use it sparingly, use it for the last few weeks so you peak for the show, don't rely on it in the off-season. Um... And then you're back to your common garden, old school bulking and strength drugs, you know, Decker, Test, Oxys, Ment, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think back to a um, couple years ago before, before the world <clears throat> went crazy um, at the Olympia, uh, we had gone out to dinner with um, this guy. He had a company. Some of you guys might know where I'm going with this. Uh, he it was a consulting business uh, that uh, also offered um, or 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 endorsed certain companies that would then sell them their 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 clients' gear. Which, by the way, this guy's I believe in jail now. Um, anyway, uh, there were a number of high level athletes at this dinner, including. A very high-level bench presser, like top of the class, top of the world, and a few other guys that were like at that level. We're talking, Dave, guys that like 
are like 400 pounds heavy and their neck is also as wide as their waist. Like just like doesn't look human. Right. And the big thousand pound base press club. And, and being that, uh, you know, the field that I'm in uh, and, and uh, the field that my partner's in, there was a lot of conversation and questions toward us about uh, supplementation and meant was the the big thing in that in those conversations meant was the big thing they're finding you know that and then of course trend that those were the two number yeah. ones uh, but really meant was was the driver i think in, in a lot of that yeah I, I would say with most strength-based compounds you start with a nice test and decker base gives you a nice anti-inflammatory base gives you good anabolic recovery and then as you progress towards the show, you start bringing in heavier androgens. So you look at men, then maybe look at trend. Um, you could use the two in combination, I suppose. Uh, and, and even, you know, Oxy for what it is, is still a good old strength oral. Um, and then coming into comp, you'd start looking at stuff like possibly Halo or Check Drops or, yeah. or M-Train or something like a fast acting stimulant pre-training boost for aggression for the, for the, the day's lift. So, and that would be my basic sort of standard approach. Start with anabolics and bring the androgens in towards the comp and just ramp them up going into the comp. And, and be, to be careful too, because just like bodybuilding, the closer we get, the more we want to lean into shit to try to get that edge. Like, oh, maybe if I take 40 milligrams of Halo instead of 20, I'll get a better result, you know? And, and I think you have to be really careful because I have seen power lifters that say, how much D-ball do I have left? Okay, I'll take all of it today, you know? Yeah, there's always going to be that attitude and anyone that's competitive and trying to be the best they can on the Portland state is always going to be tempted to throw the kitchen sink at it in a chance to get better. Yeah. Particularly if you're looking at the difference between, you know, a world title or a world record and, and, and not. So there's always going to be that pressure and that just comes down to the, the individual person and how they approach such things. But uh, what I find very often with powerlifters um, is... Uh, I don't, I've, I've referred to it as androgen burnout before. I don't know if that's really technically correct, to be honest, but effectively they rely so heavily on fast acting androgens on the day that by the time they get to their last shit lift or their last block, their central nervous system's fucking so fried. Oh yeah. That they bomb, they bomb out because they've used too much stimulant on the day. You know, they've gone into their first lifts and they're already dropping check drops and they're already dropping M-Trend. And then when they get to the last lift, it's like they're trying to throw everything at the kitchen sink to, to perform and their body's just like, fuck off, we've, we, we're done. You know, you've, you've chemically fried us. So there is, there is, there is definitely a, a negative to pushing too many androgens on the day and in that last week build up as well. You, you still, and I think with maybe not with power with strongman because I think strongman are very conscious of the fact that they do have to be physically fit to perform. True, but I think powerlifters actually forget that fitness is helping them maintain their strength throughout the day, day's performance, and they, they're not platform fit, and so they they fatigue very very quickly. Yeah. All right, moving on here. Oh, Ian, he's the captain of the uh, Christmas Cabbage Fan Club. You can see his YouTube uh, avatar is of Christmas Cabbage. He says, knock, knock, knocking on the door of 18K and well-deserved. 
Eval Christmas Cabbage Fan Club. We're about 18,000 right. subscribers. By the time this comes out, we'll have we'll be at 18. So thank you to everybody who is subscribing. And by the way, if you aren't subscribed to our channel, uh, I'd highly suggest you to because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week. We can give you a ton of information. Plus, uh, and we also, we, we also need to now inform you that your subscription is going to cost you one pound a month. <laughs> oh, dude, that would be great, wouldn't it? Just one pound. Well, just think of it, guys. It's only one pound. Exactly. It's nothing, is it? It's it's you spend more than that on coffee. It, it's just one pound. Yeah. And it, it would really help me and Scott buy stupid shit that we don't need. Do you realize what we could do with the podcast, Dave? Like if you and I were making eighteen K a month. Fuck the podcast. I'm going buying toys. <laughs> well, we could bring them on the show, you know? Fun stuff. <laughs> Dave's recording this week from the inside of his Pro Street Dragster. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to like show off my uh, diamond encrusted Desert Eagle. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, it would have to be fucking guns for you, wouldn't yeah. it? You bloody. Oh, I'd totally buy a really sweet gun. Trainer. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Dino says, um, I've got a question for you and Dave. I'm running test E500, mast E400, NPP300. I want to add some EQ in without AI. What do you think? How much uh, EQ is enough I can go without AI? This is exactly what I was talking about earlier. All right. So having relating to our earlier conversation that I am now starting to possibly change my opinion on EQ and anti-estrogenic effects. Yeah. Um, More. <laughs> I would have, I, I, I would have actually said though, I wouldn't have thought that 400 mass would have been enough to control the estrogen of 500 tests and 300 MPP if they're all genuine. Yeah. I would have thought you needed more. It depends on the person, I think. You know, it, mm. it, it might not mean that his estrogen's under control. It just means he's not getting gyno. Dude, I had an estrogen level at like 250 once, and I didn't have, and I would have never known had I not gotten labs. Yeah, so I would suggest that it's worthwhile him testing his levels just to see where he is in the first instance. I'm not particularly saying that you need to, actually, I'm, I'm saying this for selfish reasons, I'll be honest. So, I want you to test your estrogen levels. Then I want you to start the EQ, and then I want you to test your estrogen levels again. And report back to and us. Then, and then report back to us, please. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, you can throw it in. I'm just, what's the motivation, really? You know, it's you're starting to get a lot of compounds in there. Yeah. Yeah, he is. All right, what's this one? Question for the next episode. Say I was taking a good base of 250 test and 300 EQ. Uh, could I take an oral like Winstrel three days a week, training days, pre-workout just for a boost? I have a lot of Winstrel at the moment uh, without any real need for it. Could I do it for a longer period, like eight to 10 weeks at 50 to 70 milligrams three times a week before workouts? You could. Would you want um, to? Yeah, I'm not sure that the there is there is definitely a, a pre workout boost from an oral. Um, how impacting that is real world? Um, I've always found it had more of an impact on pumps and things like that than anything else. But um, how effective a three day a week protocol for Winstrel will be on overall growth? I'd have to say I'm, I'm on the fence with that. I don't. I honestly don't know. Uh, but I suppose it's a way of getting rid of your fucking winstrel and feeling like you've not wasted it. 
I'd say save it. Why do you got to get rid of it? Keep it. You're going to do a cut at some point. You know, you want it at the end of that. It might not. It might not. It might. It might sign up for perma bulk life. You know, <laughs> that's it. Never again. Yeah, I would. I would go with something else. Uh, Halo for a pre workout. Super draw for a pre workout. Test no ester. Even D ball. Injectable D ball. I'd save the Winstrel personally, but I guess it's uh, you know. There's not going to be any harm, I think, is 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 the real answer of that. How much of, of effect it will have is debatable, but I don't think you're going to do anything that's going to seriously fuck you up. I, and uh, eight to ten weeks, he asked. Uh, could he do that for eight to ten weeks? I mean, liver, on a three day protocol, yeah. yeah. Eh, on a three day protocol, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, probably, but he could get his labs done like halfway into that and see what's going on, right? Oh, oh, of course, always. If you're in the UK, go to eval. Okay, in your opinion, there's not, what? There's not many people watching this today. Well, that's because we started later. That's because of you. I think it's because of Christmas cabbage isn't in the US anymore. Don't talk to me about that traitorous shit. In your opinion, what is the correct use of insulin to not get insulin resistant at the receptor site? Um, I've been using insulin pre-workout, rapid acting, and higher carbs with lagging body parts, and then slightly decreased carbs on other days in supplements like ALA and berberine at night of a high-carb day to wake up not being desensitized to the following day. Or is it something that can be caused uh, chronically if done if done during peri-workout windows? So, the only legit use in, in my brain for, for insulin is small dose with meals to aid with that and take some pressure off the beta cells from a high-carb diet. Um, taking pre-workout is going to allow big bumps. There's no denying that. Um uh, and you will see uh, an increase in glycogen and water retention within the muscle. But if you start pushing the dose up, you're going to create insulin sensitivity. Um, and I think it's more dose-based than anything else. A low dose, even frequently done, shouldn't, from my experience, have any major effect on insulin sensitivity. But a high dose will. So even if you're only dropping the, the one drop every on a training day, but it's 10, 15, 20 IU, then that's going to have an impact on insulin. Yes, using berberine on your non-training days and everything else is going to help counter that to some extent, but you would have more insulin resistance from a single drop of 20 IU pre-workout than you would for, you know, five day of two IU with each meal. Okay. Um, every day, every day. Um, that would be much well more tolerated than a, a, a 15, 20 IU single drop. Um, it, it's not so much the use of insulin that's the issue. It's the peak. It's the level of insulin that, that causes the resistance. You've got to remember, you've got a receptor there, and if that saturated, saturated, if that receptor gets a small amount of insulin, it's quite happy. It's well within its working parameters. All you've done is replace what your body would produce anyway. Slightly more maybe, yes, but that's it. It's good to go. You start slamming in five, ten times what your body would produce, 
that receptor's way beyond its capabilities in what it's used to receiving, and that's what desensitizes it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, and you know, it's probably going to depend on the person because I, I work with some people I wouldn't want to use insulin with anyway, you know, like it's just going to be a bad idea. But I, I can think of a couple people that we've run it long term, but infrequently at low doses and we don't have any problems. These guys are testing their blood sugar. These guys get A1Cs and like we're still so, like really solid, like waking up lower, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I think a high-carb diet without the insulin support is probably going to be more damaging than a high-carb diet with low-level insulin support. Okay. All right, one more question here, and the, then I'll see if we had anything in the live feed. Uh, okay, so first of all, this guy asked to me, uh, why Why did you guys – and it wasn't on this comment. There's another one. He was like, I posted a comment last week, Why did? and you guys didn't do a show. What happened, and why didn't you answer it? So I want to say this. First of all, we try to get through everything we can. From the time this show comes out, we record about 24 hours later. So uh, in, in general, and and uh, if, if you comment in that window, we'll be able to get your question. If you comment a week later or two months later, that question probably won't get on the show. You have to comment on the most recent show. And still, even then, we do our best, but we can't promise we'll get to all of them. Uh, if you want to ensure that you we get your questions then you can sign up for the Patreon. I guarantee you, I get every question over there. Um, he says, so pay, pay for it, bitch. That's what, what he's saying. <laughs> pay for it, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've just switched my last blast to a 12 week cruise phase with 187 milligrams of test E per week. Last summer, I received 5,000 units uh, HCG at a, uh, promo and left it in the fridge. Is it still usable until 2024? Um, since I don't want to do a PCT, I'm wondering if I should add it to a cruise. Um, I was thinking 500 units uh, a week. Is it worth it? And what benefits can be expected from it? So kind of a lot of questions in here. First of all, is this HCG still good? I think he said he got it last year. What's the expiry date on the ACG? There's your answer. Um, ACG stored refrigerated, so if it should be okay, but it's not going to go off in a sense it's going to cause you a problem. It's just going to go off in a sense it's going to be weaker. Um, it doesn't go bad as such. It just starts to break down and ends up not being any use. Mm. Um, ACG is... A lot of people swear by HCG on cruises, particularly long-term TRT. Uh, they say it improves their cognitive function, it improves their feeling of well-being. They feel brighter, happier, sharper on it. And, and for good reason, there's receptors in the brain that aren't triggered through TRT. Mm. So, you know, the, it, it can be a very well-added bonus. Dosing-wise, you're probably looking at 250 to 300 twice a week or 250 every other day. Uh, so a 500 of a weekly, if it was split into two, would be perfectly fine. There's no arm in adding it in. It's not going to have any major negative impacts. It does aromatize, so you need to be a little bit conscious of that on depending on where your estrogen levels are. But it's not going to have a huge impact at that dose. And, and you, you may find some cognitive and well-being benefits from doing so. But from a regard as if it's still good to use, look at the expiry date. Yeah. I appreciate that being in Switzerland, cladding all the gear is probably a bit of a fucking nightmare. You could sell that HCG and buy a small a small car, I bet. 
You could sell the IG and probably buy a village. Yeah, probably buy a village. Yeah, <laughs> a small village in Switzerland for that bottle. I've um, actually I, there's a program over here I, I, about people buying villages and doing them up for holiday oh. lights. For what? Holiday lights, you know, Latin oh. holidays. Can we buy a village with our uh, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars per month, Dave? You and I pool it in. We get a little. Well, village. if the if the selfish, self-centered, unreal, ungodlike watchers, subscribers pay their pound each, then yes, we can. <laughs> but if they don't, then then God is going to curse them, uh, and their life is just going to go to hell in a basket. <laughs> I don't think that's how we make friends, Dave. That's not how we do it. Oh, okay. No <laughs> All right. Let's see what we have in the live feed here. Um, okay. So, uh, Ziga, he says, um, can you talk a little bit about leg training, mostly quads? If you have knee problems, um, after uh, every leg press movement, I have pain in my knee. Magnetic. Uh, oh, wow. MRI he's really going all out there showed a small inflammation in my knee after 10 weeks of complete rest. I still have pain after leg press movement. So I assume he means like squats and stuff like that too. So, so first thing is I was supposed to have a meeting with a guy today and I've had to bow out of it because of me not getting any sleep last night. So let me apologize for that one. Um, with regards to this, I would really, and seeing as we're going to be talking anyway, send me video of your leg press and let's see where your foot to knee ratio positioning is. Yeah. Though the, though the MRI may have shown information, it potentially hasn't shown anything else. And it could even be muscular imbalance or muscular tightness. I would also recommend you get some deep tissue physio. That's right. Have I was a look go. at your glute glute, hamstring, and quad tightness and see if there's anything there that's pulling on the knee, causing the pain to develop. That's exactly what I was going to say, man, because there's so much leg tightness, you know, and if you think about it, mm. all those quad muscles and your adductor, everything's coming down to that knee. And if something's tight, it's going to pull that out of balance. It's not going to track properly. I see so many people with knee issues because of tightness in the quad. Yeah, uh, but it could also be foot positioning. Um, yeah. Where your, where your toes are in relation to your knee. Um, if your toes are too far back, you're going to be putting a lot of pressure on the kneecap. So it does make the movement quite dominant, but it also loads the kneecap quite heavily. So I would recommend sending me a video, sir, and I will have a look at it. And please, everybody, don't start doing that because I won't be able to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're having a meeting with him, that means you're doing a consultation. He, so. he's, a, he's a No, he's an IT guy, and I've got something oh. I'm Okay. Okay. But I was going to say we are both available for consulta consultation. So if you could either send the one pound uh, per month or you could do a consultation with either of us or coaching. Uh, what else do we have here, I James? Think, yeah. I think, we, I think we've probably slogged that one to death now. I think we had to leave the pound thing alone. Okay. Don't, don't do the pound thing. No, no, no. I think if they haven't got it by now, they're not going to get it. They're just tight, cheap bastards. <laughs> I right. mean, uh, yeah, sorry. I mean, wonderful viewers. Yes. James says hi. Jason Kirk is with us. He says hi. Uh, let's see. Mr. Vincent Jay. Ford says hello. Um, he's uh, Brandon says bit late. Seems like the cabbage has returned home, though. Glad to see he made it through customs without any hiccups. So he's he's back. Mm. He's back. Mm. Um, he's going to re rehab. <laughs> Crock rehab. 
Yes. Elijah says, a couple good-looking fellas there. Thank you. Uh, Liam Hunter says, uh, glad to see the cabbage made it home safe. I never thought Dave would forgive the croc incident, though. Let's not talk about that, guys. Uh, cabbage made it home, Matt Blevins says. He looks like he missed you, Dave. Um, oh, here's a question. Brandon says, uh, what are Dave's thoughts on doing a big uh, all-out bulk and getting a little fat uh, at least once when you're trying to get more foundational size? Once a good base of knowledge of diet and training are in place, of course. Well, now, come on, guys. You're talking to the bloke that <laughs> getting big, bulky, and fat. So, I mean, I think you know my answer on this one. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, yeah, I, I've gone off. I, I think people get a bit too scared of getting fat. Um, but there is a point where it's like just wait for the sake of weight. So you've just got to be sensible. I would set boundaries before you start and have a secondary opinion to assess those boundaries rather than relying on yourself because you will start to twist the goalpost because you don't want to stop. And yeah. you can very much get obsessed with the scale, and scale is weight, but it's not necessarily muscular growth. So, you know, the mirror will comes in very handy as well. Cabbage crew shirts, oversized cabbage crew shirts. We need those. Here's, here's one from well, Alfonso. You, Use yeah. the millions you get in patronage and get them all done. I actually, I, Matt Blevins hooked me up with a place to do t-shirts. So I should definitely take the time to look into that. Uh, let's see. It looks like we have one more. Oh, but first, before we do that question, Laser's with us. He says, hello, professional cabbages. Um, Alfonso, though, last question. He says, uh, what do you consider more anabolic, fat or carbs? If it's carbs, is keto or just low-carb, high-protein diet potentially catabolic? I wouldn't say keto is potentially catabolic, but I would say that carbs are by far more anabolic than fats. Agreed. Um, I have yet to see anyone that's developed any level of muscle mass pro progress on a keto-based diet. Yeah. Uh, maintenance, fine. Fat loss, fine. Resensitization of insulin and all those sort of things that come with keto. Great. Very useful tool. But you ain't going to fucking grow on it as far as I'm concerned. Um, you want to grow, you need carbs. You'll get some recomp. That's probably a bit of an over-exaggeration. You'll get some recomp, um, but you want all-out growth, you're going to have to have a carb-based diet. There's a guy, real big dude. Uh, he's a pro, John something. He's got the he's got the traps, like very suspicious traps. Uh, he has a diet. He calls it like the deep water diet or something. But I think he does like a ton of protein, like a metric fuck ton of protein. Right, he's a big guy. If you're doing a, if you're do, if you're doing a metric fuck ton of protein, then you are using protein as your carb source. Absolutely. Quite simple. Oh, little tip for people as well. Um, when you get bloods done, in your kidney function, you'll have a urea value. Yeah. If that's really high, the chances are you're burning proteins for energy and you'll probably need to look at your carb-to-protein ratio in your diet. And when I say really high, I mean double figures high. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we've got. 
Dave, I know you had a lot going on. So guys, we might not be able to record next week. Uh, nonetheless, leave some questions for the next show. When we do get back to it, we will be able to take your questions again. And uh, if we don't see you before the move, Dave, I hope that, uh, you know, everything goes swimmingly. That's a British word, isn't it? It is, so yes, it is. Yes, you've done quite well just like that. Thank you. I, well, I, I visited and I feel like I, I immersed myself in the culture, you know? Mm, mm, I'm basically mm. British now. All right, let's just face it. <laughs> Guys, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, of course, go to our sponsors. We mentioned Eval. If you're in the UK, you can get your lab work done by Dave. Uh, go to our sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK, supplementsource.ca for the Canadians out there. Get some really blowout deals. And uh, guys, we appreciate you as always. And Dave, I appreciate you. I can't stand you. <laughs>